Hello, and welcome to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. On this podcast, we talk to marketers about how they help their brands get found via transparent, measurable digital marketing. I'm your host, Carrie Gard, and this week I had the opportunity to interview Gwen Lafarge. Gwen is actually French which is why I had that terrible French accent right there. Uh, but it's so cool that I got to meet with Gwen at 9 a.m. my time. I'm so used to working late in my day or even into the night trying to connect with people all over the United States and even in Australia. And so very cool to be talking to somebody in my backyard and to be bringing people from across the world to your doorstep and learning how other marketers are are leading their teams right now. Gwen is has dedicated her career to building strong brands, brave brands, brands that connect with people, brands that dare to be different, brands with strong beliefs, brands that build new categories and become their kings. She's clearly a good writer as well. Uh, Gwen has spent 10 years in the best ad agencies from London to Paris, working on the world's leading consumer brands. In her late 20s, she traveled the world for a year. In her 30s, she opened an art gallery in San Francisco. And then she went back to marketing and branding and working with Skona. She is now leading Skona's European expansion in Stockholm. Skona is the name of the company that she joined and that uh, she's leading right now. And so we'll get more into who Skona is in the conversation I have. But where our conversation really sits is in this intersection of brand marketing and legion and how and at what point they come together and partner and work best. She even goes down this lovely path to realizing that she's got the perfect asset for this conversation to give to you all. But before we get there, let's take a listen to my conversation with Gwen. Gwen, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you because you are one of the few episodes I've been able to do where we're actually closer in time zone. Um, but in Europe, this is so cool to have people from different countries doing marketing and talking about their experiences. So thank you. This is great. Thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite, uh, quite fun to be here today recording from Stockholm. <laughs> yes, and and for our listeners, I am in. If, um, for any new listeners, I am in Guernsey, which is be- Channel Islands between England and France. So this is this is super fun to be able to connect with more people uh, in Europe and in the UK. So why don't you, Gwen, kick us off and tell our listeners uh, what you do and how you got there? Yeah. So um, what I do right now, I run the um, European office uh, for a B2B creative agency called Skona. Um, The agency is headquartered in San Francisco. And I moved to Stockholm about four years ago to open the office here. Um, And so since then, I run the office and manage the office here. How I got here is a kind of a long story that um, started, I guess, in France. Um, but then I moved to the U.S. before coming to, to Sweden. Um, 
I have a long experience working for uh, creative agencies and advertising agencies in Europe first. So I worked in London and then in Paris. Um, I moved to San Francisco uh, in 2010, I believe. Um, and at that time, I had decided to start a completely new project when I opened an art gallery, like a photography gallery over there. Uh, and after a few years, I went back to working agencies. But that time, I found Skona, which is specialized in working for B2B tech um, companies. Being based in San Francisco, a lot of our clients are in uh, Silicon Valley. Um, so I started working with, with tech companies over there. Um, and then we decided it was a good time to open an office in Europe and being French, it was a good opportunity for me to come back to Europe and move closer to my family. Um, so I made I made the trip to uh, to Sweden and discovered a new country and and started the office here about yeah four years ago. So that's how I got here. Long story short. Yeah, yeah. Why why Sweden? Um, the owner and one of the founder of the agency called Jenny Stackstrom, um, or Jenny for the Americans. <laughs> She's Swedish, so she was born in, in Sweden. Um, the agency is called Skona in the US, but it's actually a Swedish word that is pronounced something like Shrana, which is like a, um, a Swedish word that means like comfortable, glorious. Um, so Jenny being Swedish, open like a Swedish uh, office or I guess like a Swedish agency in Silicon Valley uh, with a, a strong Swedish DNA. Um, and so when we decided to open in Europe, it just seems like the right place to be yeah. to just, yeah, it just made sense uh, because we had like a, a strong Swedish DNA, uh, a strong Swedish culture in, in the organization was a very, flat organization and ways of working are pretty Swedish in many ways. Um, and we also saw that they was like a very big um, appeal or like a big, a, a lot of um, dynamism, I will say, around the tech scene in Stockholm. Um, I would say in Europe in general, and of course, London being one of the big hub, but there's a lot of tech startups and a lot of very successful uh, tech companies in, in Sweden um, for such a small country. So it also seemed like a good place to be. There was the good tech vibe um, that we wanted to capitalize on. That's awesome to learn more about Sweden and what's going on over there. Let's talk a little bit more about Skona as we get into the meat of our conversation. Uh, can you, you said that Skona is B2B and tech focused and it's an agency. Can you elaborate a little bit on what Skona offers in terms of their services or what, what challenges they solve for uh, the B2B clients? Yes, so we um, we call ourselves full ser full service, um, and what that means, I guess, is that we um, we work with our clients in a lot of different ways. So from brand strategy and um, and positioning work um, to visual identities and um, uh, establishing like the look and feels for our clients to then moving that into 
um, or making that come to life through a lot of the different activities that um, those companies might need from website um, design and development to campaigns and um, before this year, a lot of events mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that we do virtually, I guess, right now. Um, but I think we, in some ways, we are like a, a, um, a, a branding agency um, because we really care about branding and about um, uh, the, the perception that people get when they first engage with a company. Um, but we believe in the excellence in execution and like the power of the branding coming through how that comes to life in all the activities of the marketing activity that a company will do. Um, so that's why we also work on a lot of campaigns and activities um, because that's, that's the power of the branding. It's through the consistency, through all the different activities and how the company push that, that brand um, everywhere or in everything they do. Um, so that's a little bit what we do. We focus on um, helping B2B tech company scale out the, um, the marketing output. So let's talk about branding then because, uh, I mean, I think everybody on the, who's listening probably knows what we mean by branding, but every agency is a little bit different. How people approach things is different. So for you, Gwen, and for Skona, what is branding to you besides just um, some of the things you mentioned, like visual identity and, and web design, like if we had to define branding. Yes, I think there is still a misconception on what branding is. Um, because when, when people think about branding, I think they think about two things. Um, your look and feel or your logo mm-hmm. as like uh, one thing. And then big branding campaigns. Um, which in my mind, it's, well, both and neither. (laughs) Because I think branding is bigger than that. Um, If I had to define it, well, I guess there's this famous quote, which is like, um, it's what people say when you're not in the room. What that means is basically what, um, what people think about you and the kind of impression that they have of you. Um, to me, that's what branding is. It's like how you can influence um, what people think about you, if people kind of trust you um, through the different kind of activities that you do. And of course, for example, look and feel play a big role because they are, people are influenced with what they see. And if you look is, um, has a certain uh, characteristic, they will believe in that, right? Like a lot of our clients, for example, at first will come and say, hey, we want to look bigger than we are. And of course, that's something that you can do with branding. You can kind of influence the perception that people will have of your company, of, of your brand. The other part that I think is really important in, in branding is the messaging. Um, and to me, that's a really important part of of what we do as well is like when we work with brand strategy and positioning, it's, it's working on um, who you are, what you do, how you do it, what do you believe in, what are kind of the, the values that you have and the value you offer to your, your prospect and, and customers. And I think to me, those, all those elements kind of fall into branding is defining 
um, what you're about and what you want people to see when they engage with you. Yeah, I liked what you said about um, messaging because as you were talking, I was thinking the, the word that kept popping in my head was voice, you know, finding your voice, especially today yeah. with everything being so digital and online and, and yes, yes, nod to events being very different in this day and age. Um, but finding that unique voice in all of this noise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's, um, it's a really important part of your personality, right? It's like both the way you talk and the way you look. Um, and, and in a way, the word voice, I guess, is a little bit kind of encompass both in, mm-hmm. in a sense. It's like how, how you communicate with your audiences um, what makes you stand out um, in in a crowd? Um, what kind of stories do you um, tell? And what's yeah? What's the story be- behind the the company? And um, what are the emotions that you manage to pass on? Like what what you make people feel when they engage with with you? And I think all of that, in a way, is what branding is about. It has been this shift, I would say, especially in the last five, 10 years in marketing where it has, especially, you know, when you're talking about branding specifically and big brand campaigns, I feel like empathy and connection and leading with feelings has really taken off even in B2B, you know, it's not so cut and dry like it used to be of here's your problem and here's how we solve it and off we go. It's really trying to invoke that, that bigger, higher meaning feeling of how to connect with that audience and say, we understand you. We know what you're going through. We, we are with you and here's how we're going to help you, you know, get over that challenge you're having. I, I feel like that's what you're, some of what you're saying, but I think it's so important to talk about the shift is do you do you agree with yes. that? Am I, am I capturing that right? Yeah, totally. I think um, it's, it's a shift we've, we've seen happening and um, it's still happening. This thing, I will say there's still some education to be done with a lot of um, B2B companies. Mm-hmm. Um, in many ways, like you said, B2B uh, was very dry um, before and still is for some companies and people, a lot of, people in, com- in B2B companies think that um, you need to talk about your products and you need to talk about your features and you need to appear super professional. And in their mind, the professional um, goes together with somehow being super boring because you talk about um, your product features. And, um, and I think, companies have started to realize that even in B2B, you communicate with people and not just like a company, right? There's still people buying your products. And so those people still buy by emotion. Um, And even if you think they are making rational choices, it's not always the case. Um, And emotion really play a big part in the decision process. Um, They'll go with the company they trust. They go with the company that have similar values to them. They go with the company that have 
engage with them in a meaningful, meaningful uh, dialogue. And I've started to build a relationship with them. So it's not just like the best product features that they care about anymore, especially in market where products are either very commoditized or so close to each other. It's like from one competitor to the other, if you look at it, um, it's, it's so similar. The product are so similar, especially in tech, that you're like, well, I get almost the same features. So why will I um, select this product versus this other? And if you don't want to compete only on price and go for like the cheapest option and being the cheapest option, then you have to bring something else to your target audience. You have to bring something meaningful to them. And I think that's where your brand and your voice, like you said, and how you solve the solutions on a more um, human-based um, is so important. So let's back up to misconceptions because I really like that word. And I think it's very true. When you hear the word branding, you do think logo and visual and and look and feel are definitely the buzzwords around branding. And I, and I love how you're pulling up and saying it's so it's so much bigger than that. And we talked a lot about those, um, the things that encompass that. Yeah. But in terms of those misconceptions, I do think people feel like when you say branding, they do think of these big brand campaigns. Um, yeah. You know, I just, I'm watching Masterclass. I'm obsessed. If, you, if you've seen any of the Masterclasses, they're just brilliant. <laughs> But there's an agency on there, creative agency, and they literally walk you through all their big brand campaigns. And that's right. like, that's what we think of when we think of brand campaigns. So I think because there's that misconception, the other misconception that happens and that, and the challenge that I think brands face is, well, which comes first? Do I create a big brand campaign and then launch it with my media spend, but performance matters and I need to make money in order to even go build the brand campaign. And there's all sort of like cart before the horse questions. And so I think a lot of times people launch performance campaigns because they're like, well, we need to make money. So we're just going to come up with, you know, whatever messaging we can, you know, MVP this, get it out. And then as we, you know, start to tweak and get money coming rolling in, then we can start to think bigger and awareness. Do do you agree with that avenue or based off of what you said, it feels like, well, you maybe do need to take that step back and you do need to think about your voice and who you are as a brand before you put your name out there into the, into the marketing channel world, so to speak. So, yes, I will say that to me, the, foundation or like the branding as I see it is kind of a foundation to your marketing. So before you go out there and, and I'm not talking about big brand campaign, but before you do um, banners and you write content and you, you try to push stuff out there, you need to really think about what your company is about and what is the value that you provide and what is the solution uh, or the problem that you solve um, you solve and how you solve it and you need to kind of think about that and have those kind of like foundation of who you are and what is your voice and what is your look and feel and how you want to be perceived um, before you go out there and push messages out everywhere um, 
I think to me it's one of the foundation. But that says, it doesn't mean that you have to go out there and do this kind of like massive branding campaign. Um, I mean, who in B2B today has like the budget for that, right? Um, not that many mm -hmm. uh, companies. And who in which CMO can go to the CEO and say, hey, can I have two million for a brand campaign? No one in tech, right? Or in B2B. Right. So I think even when you think about those brand campaigns, you have to think about the um, the results behind it um, and the uh, return on investment and the lead generation part of it. Um, so that's that's a really interesting question because it brings me to something that we've we've been working on that's going on for for a while, and we coined this term um, that is brand gen campaign, wow. which is basically the combination of a brand awareness campaign and a lead generation campaign. Just because of that, because you cannot really today do like this big brand awareness campaign without proving that it drive any revenue for your company in the end. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Except, I guess, if you are, I don't know, a large tech company um, that can afford afford to do that. But I think um, I think the the point really is that yes, you need to think about your voice and your positioning and your messaging before you go out there, and then the way you go out there depends on where you are in your growth journey um, and where you are in your, in your marketing, right? Uh, mm -hmm. If you're just starting, then yes, don't go and spend like two million on a brand awareness campaign first, like do smaller activities, um, but all align them um, with what you've defined as being your brand. And I think that's one of the things that happened um, a lot I will, that we see a lot with some of the tech companies in startup is that they keep changing um, their voice, their look and feel, their messaging, um, maybe because they're searching who they are still, uh, or maybe because they didn't think it through from the start. Mm -hmm. But I think an important part of building a strong brand is consistency. Um, so I think once, if you have this foundation made and they can still evolve, but if you have this strong foundation, then you start building that brand through consistency. And I think the way you build a brand today is not through big brand campaigns. Um, it's through the consistency in all of the small activities that you do. I love that in, in talking about evolving, I've worked with so many startup companies, especially in our earlier days where this, you know, this, the startup mentality is very different than once they get going, right? And then the funding's there and then they're doing mar more marketing. Yeah. Um, but in those early startup stages, it, it, it is this constant pivot of like on the search for yourself. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I agree, like, don't start spending dollars until you have that figured out. Uh, it, it's why we stay away from startups actually is because they need to go on that fact-finding journey essentially of discovering who they are as a brand um, before they start to look at you know big marketing campaigns and by big I mean not in the sense of big branding campaigns but actually being able to put enough money behind marketing channels to then get a return that is meaningful so there is that initial I think 
pivot and evolution that startups definitely go through that's much more jarring. But once you do get your feet on the ground and you do have a bigger marketing budget, I agree. I agree, Gwen, that stay the course, evolve and and grow with your brand because you're going to change. But stay true to why you started the company to begin with and what your values are at the heart of, of your company. I yeah, exactly. totally agree on that. And, and I think one thing that, that we see, I guess, to go back to your question on what comes first, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the, the branding in a way or the performance marketing part. And I know there's this, this kind of discussion between branding and performance. And, I, and to me, there's, there's like two, two sides of, of a coin, right? Like they really work together Um, and of course before you start putting your message out there and and try to get um, uh, the right performance on on that message and on those activities that you do well it's better to have your message really defined Um, so to me defining that message and defining what is the problem you're solving and how you solve it and um, what is the thing that you're bringing to your target audience what the value um, you that you you offering uh, is key. Otherwise, all your marketing activities are going to be based on products and features, and that's not going to perform as well. So I think that's the thing. It's like defining what message perform, and I I do really strongly believe then just focusing on your product features doesn't work in the same way. It might work if you are really focusing your activities at the bottom of the funnel, right? And like already trying to reach out to people that are actually looking for your, for a solution like yours. And then they are in like the comparison phase between different solution. But if you had started your efforts before that with like a strong voice and becoming kind of an influencer in their choice, they would have started to trust you way before they started to compare you with someone else. Um, and I think that's, that's where your, your message and your brand plays a big role. Let's talk about results and branding. Cause I think that's a really interesting, I love what you, what you're calling your new product around uh, brand gen. Uh, <laughs> what, so tell me about that more. What is the difference between a brand awareness campaign then when you're looking at, branding elements versus brand gen like lead gen what yep so i think the way we've defined it um is in order for it to it to be kind of to have a branding element to the campaign you need a um an element that will create the awareness or create the buzz right so i think the campaign focuses on like a bigger uh piece of content or bigger interactive content or a video, for example, that can create the buzz and that can focus on telling the story. Um, But then you add different piece of content to the same campaign. The campaign needs to have leg and is really focused on a true consumer insight. Um, And so the different piece of content that you will bring will then be more focused on um, 
on the solution that you provide. So as an example, your big piece of content might be like a funny video um, that will create kind of a, a buzz potentially. Uh, of course, the ultimate will, if it goes kind of viral in our <laughs> B2B tech space. <laughs> um, so, um, but create some kind of like engagement and something fun around the brand. Um, but then you drive people to more serious type of content. So you also build out other content on the same subject, whether it's like an ebook, some guest customer cases, uh, some tip sheet, like a, you know, like more um, in-depth type of content. Um, some of it being there to, of course, offer value and insight to audience. Some of it maybe having more um, important insights so that you will gate those elements um, and start generating leads from your content um, or some of it's so valuable that people will want to sign up to receive more right which mm -hmm. might be one of the ultimate way that we want to do uh, lead gen so that they are engaged enough with your brand that they actually want to receive your content um, so those campaign and the way we see it is like, it's not just like a brand element of having that video. It's like having that video and the purpose that it will drive people to you and people will start engaging more with you so that you can then also give them additional content and driving leads through the same campaign. And those campaign to me is like not a one-off. They might like last for several months so that you can keep, um, providing content on a specific theme and based on a specific insight that will continue to provide value and encourage more and more people to want to sign up with you and download more of your content. So what I'm hearing, Gwen, is the funnel. So basically yep. thinking about a campaign in, in brand gen terms as you're creating specific content around a concept through the funnel, starting very high level of just getting yes. the audience interested, then driving them deeper and deeper and deeper until you get to that final call to action of, you know, book a demo, free trial, free trial <laughs> um, you know, so on and so forth. So I think a lot of, I think B2B definitely knows the funnel and there's no surprise there. I think what's interesting is thinking about this with a brand lens on it of how your voice and who you are defines what that specific campaign funnel looks like. And I, I don't know that a lot of the times, I mean, I'm not sitting in the marketing rooms with my clients, so I don't know all the things that are going on behind the scenes, but what it feels like when we get a, when we get, things from clients, it's not a campaign. It's an asset. We have this asset. We want you to drive to it um, and deliver us a whole bunch of leads, right? They're not yes. really thinking about that top of funnel, but it sounds like they certainly could be, and they could be yep. thinking about content that builds mm -hmm. that, that initial awareness that's still audience focused. I think that's one of the big differentiators too, between awareness versus what you're talking about in terms of brand gen like it's it's got an awareness feel in terms of the fact that this isn't product focused it's not we're not talking about an asset we're talking about something lighter video views 
But you're talking, you know, thanks to technology in this day and age, you can talk directly to the exact audience you want with that high level piece of content and then remarket to them through that funnel to drive them deeper and deeper. Exactly. And I think it's like a lot of those campaigns we do have a lot of those elements built in and in the same way that they like the, the, um, content kind of speak to each other so that like you say you don't create just a one-off uh, piece you have several activities that uh, several piece of content so that people can get deeper if they want to um, and you create those kind of like hub where for example you have that that big video and you will drive to this landing page that have like that video but then on this landing page you might have an infographic on the same subject and you might have an ebook and you might end up by having like a product sheet if they if that's where they are and like have like a a link to a demo of a free trial as you ultimate um cta but people might not be ready to go there yet if they see like a funny video to just engage with you and and um in a free trial might be too early so i think they have the opportunity when they get to the that landing page or that microsite for example to kind of engage with different piece of content and and continue in their fact finding journey about the specific subject they might be interested in um and i think what is key to those type of campaign is that even the brand element in the way in a way or even the if you think about the branding campaign that needs to be really focused on a true customer insight or something that is relevant for the audience so it's not i think it's important that it's not to self-focus of course you'll position yourself as being like the solution but i think if your campaign is focused on on your customer and on solving a real problem they have then it will be more powerful and an example and maybe that will make things a little bit more concrete it's like a campaign we did um, with a tech company called uh, snowflake um, a few years ago there was this uh, videos that were um, that those funny videos where um, done with like uh, two comedian in the U.S. called Trip and Tyler. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, the funny guys in the U.S. that do this kind of like funny um, video. They had one back in many years about Zoom, I believe, <laughs> um, before Zoom was trendy <laughs> um, this, this year. Um, but they um, they had those. We made those video with them. And one guy represent BI and the other one uh, represent IT. And mm -hmm. they um, struggled for the data, right? And it's a real life situation where BI and IT struggled for the data. Um, there's like stories around that that are expressed in those videos in kind of a funny way. They prank each other and they kind of, yeah, play with, with each other. Um, because they don't, they don't have like the same access to the, the data and BI complain that IT is too slow, et cetera, et cetera. And then the solution is like, well, you don't have to fight anymore. Here comes Snowflake. But what's important with this is, is definitely the problem that Snowflake is solving, right? The struggle for data. And then the other piece of content that you will build around it will be based on 
had a snowflake solve the product the struggle for data and by the way here's like some of the other things that that we do and here's how what other problem we solve right but it's really focused on that big insight that was yeah. the the struggle between those two departments there's another really great um video out there from a company called Trainial, I, I had the one of the founders on my podcast a while ago, but they did something similar with the office um, where it was very much about onboarding and new employees. But it was, again, that customer insight of that struggle that we all yeah. have when we hire new people and then mm-hmm. creating these really quirky videos using, you know, people that are relatable. Um, it was just, yes, this... I have the BI versus IT video in the notes section. So definitely go check it out. It, I can't wait to watch it. It looks hilarious. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, and it is a little bit like the office style as well. So it's, uh, yeah, it's anyway, you'll watch it. You'll see. <laughs> awesome. I can't wait. Um, I, I think this is so important, Gwen. And I want to end here because I, I, uh, I just, it totally changes your perspective on reframing the funnel for, for B2B, if you, can, if you can execute the funnel in a way that is your brand and your brand with your brand voice, starting with an introduction to who you are in a really meaningful, high-level way, and then driving them through, getting them to more and more understanding, yes, like, I think that makes so much sense. And I, I the branding elements in thinking bigger than just your logo and your look and feel, but really thinking about who you are as a brand and as a company and what you bring to the table creates that emotional connection between you and your audience. And then if you can build a campaign around that, like the results should be explosive, I would imagine. Yeah. Much. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's the goal, right? It's like yeah. it, um, it drives more result. It also drives more result long term because I think what's what's hard I think for a lot of uh, of companies or B two B companies that seeing some of the results of a brand or their brand efforts. And I think the reason it's hard is because you can't measure brand efforts in the same way as you measure a lead gen campaign um, because it's not just a one off short term effort. Um, and so you, you can measure it only on the long term and you measure it through the other activities. Like you should use your branding efforts to improve your lead gen efforts, right? Like mm-hmm. it should make them uh, bigger because people will engage with the brand that they, um, that they have a connection with. Um, so I think that's that's kind of what you're trying to do instead of just like throwing out there content one after the other that don't participate in creating that bigger picture. I love it. Well, Gwen, to wrap up real here, I have my my three key questions. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I'm scared now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's currently your favorite thing to do outside of work and why? Um, I think it's going outside and taking walks, um, in, in the woods around here with, um, with my kids. I felt like we are 
in our little rooms at home uh, all day long sitting and talking to like uh, people on Zoom. It's just like getting a fresh air um, is so important. If I can take walks during the day, I, I do. Otherwise, on the weekend is, is being able to to go outside and, and try to clear my mind and focus on something else. That's the most important activity right now. I I couldn't agree more. Fresh air is amazing, especially that cold, crisp, fresh air. I, I love the wintertime because of that. Second question for you. What song would you want to hear if you were walking around your office right now? Uh, that's a really, um, that's a really hard question. Um, I'll, I think um, I will probably play um, Arcade Fire. Do you know it? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I think I will probably, um, I would probably, yeah, do that. <laughs> and the specific song, yeah. uh, uh, I'm not sure. But yeah, <laughs> one of their songs or the entire album. <laughs> okay. Well, I will, um, I will pick a song and add it to our MKG playlist. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, I went to, I saw them several times in, in, in concert and I think I missed that as well. Like oh. um, seeing people uh, play and going to concerts and, you know. <laughs> the energy, the in-person energy. Yeah, yes. yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, given our clear constraints of travel right now, if you could be anywhere, where would you be and why? I'm a big traveler and that's what I miss the most, I think, this year, um, traveling and planning trips. Because uh, I think a big part of the travel is is the planning and the excitement and the looking forward to going somewhere mm -hmm. um, that keeps you going or at least keeps me going. Um, and so I think I will pick uh, Kenya, which is... Um, where I, I've, I've been there like a, a, a few times. Um, and usually we go to a place called Diani Beach, which is actually um, on the coast in, in south of Kenya, um, which is like a beautiful, beautiful beach with basically nobody there because nobody thinks about beach vacation in Kenya. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I am now. And I think a lot of us are, uh, as we dream big dreams for 2021 and beyond of, of getting back on the travel bus and going to see the world. So thank you for sharing that with me, Gwen. Thank you for this conversation. I, uh, I'm so happy to have you. Thanks. It was great. Um, great discussion. I'm, uh, I, I love this subject, so it's, uh, I could go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> agreed agreed i totally could too if you want to hear more from gwen and you want to reach out to her you can find her on linkedin and uh and scona.com thank you so much and uh I'll, thanks, let's gwen. stay in touch thanks bye-bye that was my conversation with gwen Ready to find your brand voice? Be sure to download Skona's guide on launching your brand gen campaign. So appreciative that Gwen joined us today and was able to give you such a great, great asset. If you'd like to learn more about brand gen campaigns and finding your voice, connect with Gwen Lafage on LinkedIn. You can also check out her podcast, Marketing FICA. 
Thank you for listening to the Tech Marketing Leaders Podcast, the podcast that helps you get found via transparent, measurable digital marketing. I'm your host, Carrie Gard, and until next time. This episode is brought to you by MKG Marketing, our digital marketing agency of agile experts who specialize in SEO, PPC, and analytics. Music, mix, and mastering done by our marketing assistant, Austin Ellis. If you'd like to be a guest, please visit mkgmarketinginc.com to apply.